today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. The new privacy law proposed by the Canadian government will have penalties for those that uh, abuse data and stiff fines for companies who uh, dropped the ball. Here is Industry Minister uh, Navdeep Baines on the issue. The bill does include uh, those powers to enable the privacy commissioner uh, to do the appropriate investigations it needs to make sure that the company is compliant. In instances of serious uh, penalties, uh, that can be up to 5% of global revenue. So we're talking about potentially billions of dollars. So what does that mean to you and me? We'll talk to Carmi Levy, tech analyst. He is with us now. Carmi, thanks for the time. Hope you're well. Oh, very well. Glad to be here today. Big day in privacy in this country. We've been uh, waiting for this for a very long time. You, that's my next point, was we've been talking about this for an awfully long time. What's happened now? Well, uh, the federal government introduced something they call the Digital Charter Implementation Act, and it's a proposed um, set of laws that would basically bring us into the new millennium when it comes to privacy legislation. We we do have privacy laws on the books. The Privacy Act, of course, uh, is the main piece of legislation. We also have something called uh, PIVOT, our Personal Information Protection and Electronic Documents Act. The problem is, with those is the Privacy Act dates back to 1983, uh, and PIVOT was last updated in 2001. And so when you look at those timelines, it's pretty clear technology has raced ahead, and we really don't have laws that even knew that that technology was going to be in place. And so you're, you're trying to manage privacy, and you're trying to manage who's accountable for what when it comes to data, uh, using laws that are just completely obsolete. Um, and the longer this goes on, the worse it gets, especially when you look around the world, the EU, California, countries across Europe, uh, Asia, Africa, South America, they've all been introducing updated tech-aware privacy legislation in recent years. And Canada's been sitting on the sidelines twiddling its thumbs. It's you know, long past time when we finally get in there. It seems in some ways our government is very progressive. In other ways, when it comes to technology, they're dropping the ball. I mean, we've even seen this with trying to, uh, you know, electrify and Wi-Fi the north in, in rural regions and stuff. Why are we so lax on this, considering it's the future? It's now, really. Oh, it is. And, you know, like, I, I, I wish I had an answer to that question, because really that has been the biggest frustration for me in, you know, my practice as a, a journalist and an analyst covering the technology space. Uh, for this, this goes back well over a decade that I've been, you know, kind of raging against the night asking why our governments at every level, federal, provincial, uh, and beyond, why they just don't get it, why they're not willing to commit to the priority. And I think part of it is, is it's very short-term thinking. They're so focused on what voters want to talk about now. They're focused on the here and now. And even though we know full well that privacy, confidentiality, data stewardship, are critical issues in the digital economy. The sad truth is, is that most consumers don't really care. I mean, all you have to do is watch somebody as they use Facebook to realize that we don't do ourselves any favors when it comes to online privacy. So the government's probably going, well, you know, when it comes to technology, as long as folks have their Twitter and their Facebook, they're happy. And if they're not complaining about it, we're not going to prioritize legislation that would protect them. We're not going to prioritize legislation that would level the playing field when it comes to wireless access in rural Canada or in the far north, because let's face it, yeah, there's their complaints, but they're not loud enough to really drive the electorate. And that to me is a huge problem because where we're at now, we are behind other countries like us. We are less competitive 
because we spent the last couple of decades basically doing nothing about all of this. How has COVID-19 changed that discussion? Significantly, because if you look at where we are in November 2020 versus where we were probably in February 2020 before all of this happened, we are leaning more heavily on our technology now than we ever have before. Uh, Most of us, of course, are working uh, in a very different way. If we're lucky enough to still be working, we're working from home or we're working from a remote site and we're using tools like Zoom or Google Hangouts Meet uh, or Microsoft Teams to communicate with each other. So we're, we're, we're exposing, for example, our personal lives to our professional ones. We're using our home Wi-Fi to access corporate resources. Security has never been more important. Maintaining data integrity using the same network that I'm, I'm using for work as, as well as my personal use has never been more important. And so the price of a breach, the price of crossing that privacy line in November 2020 is a lot higher than it was even a few months ago, even if we don't really recognize that threat. And so the stakes are going up day by day thanks to the pandemic. And so we need better protection and we need better awareness and we need better tools to deal with the kind of threats and the kind of risks that we're seeing. Uh, And frankly, let's face it, even if it isn't a cyber criminal who's going after our data, you know, the bank, Statistics Canada, Cadillac Fairview, these are companies that have all been playing fast and loose with the privacy rules, they need to be reined in now more than ever. And thanks to the pandemic, we've, we've never had more visibility or need for this. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Have, uh, have the way we've done COVID-19, for example, uh, you know, we're seeing uh, uh, governments give out lots of money and, and lots of aid to those that obviously need it, and rightly so. Is, has this increased the demand for more security as, as they within their own systems are looking at what they have? I think it has because the rate of change because of the pandemic. So, for example, let's say you're a business and you've been given money to change the way you do business in order to stay in business. You're now investing in technology. A lot of that that aid money has gone to uh, buying technology, buying hardware, buying software, buying services that allows companies to digitize themselves, to transform themselves into digital versions of their former selves. And so, you know, the, the fact that you're doing this sometimes over the course of days or weeks, not years, uh, means that security isn't always paramount. You're not always thinking about uh, the data that you're handling or your liability or accountability if something happens. Um, so there's a lot at stake here. And because there's so much change and there's so much chaos and so much uncertainty, the risk of something bad happening to our data along the way is much higher. And we're seeing those numbers go up. We're seeing a lot more data-related faux pas. We're seeing a lot more data breaches, security events, cybersecurity events. Uh, and, you know, you know, because the world is becoming a more dangerous place, it's up to us, A, to make sure that we're, you know, we stay safe when we step out digitally. But at the same time, it would also be nice to have better laws in place so that if the worst does happen to us, at least, at least we know sort of that the government kind of has our back. Uh, more pressure on uh, the federal government from opposition to make a call on Huawei after the 5Gs have already made their opinion quite known. Again, another uh, another uh, situation where we seem to be dragging our feet. Is this all about the two Michaels? Uh, is it time to pull the plug on Huawei, do this once and for all? Well, I mean, it, 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 it would be nice if it were that easy, uh, but it, it doesn't work that way. And the truth of the matter is, and if we believe that by pulling the plug on Huawei, 
we actually are more secure, uh, that's laughable. Take a look at the computer that you're using right now, the phone that you're using. All of the technology that you're using has some kind of connection to China. Um, and so if we're going you know, draw a line saying no Chinese equipment on our next generation 5G wireless network, guess what? We're not going to have a next generation 5G network. And so I think it's time for the federal government to stop playing politics. Uh, it's time for them to settle uh, the Meng Wanzhou case. It's time for them to settle uh, the two Michaels case. And it's time for them to decide once and for all what side of the line they're on with Huawei. So the Canadi- Canadian telecom companies can go pedal to the metal on building out our network and doing it faster than other countries that have already resolved this issue, the other Five Eyes members, as you said, um, so that we can compete against them. Because if we don't, they're going to get to 5G before we do, and that's going to hurt us economically for years to come. Can we do this outside of that Five Eyes agreement? If the others have already made that decision, isn't that what's there for us? And again, I thought that all the, the major companies in Canada had already decided not to go with Huawei. I thought this they're already working with Nokia or Ericsson to already uh, put the system in place without Huawei. They are. They're, you know, in the absence uh, or while waiting for a federal government decision, they've gone ahead and sourced equipment from uh, Nokia and Ericsson, the two Scandinavian com- country companies, that uh, compete against Huawei in the global market. But the thing is, 5G, is it's not something that you just decide, I'm going to go get a bunch of stuff, install it, and we're done. This is a years-long process. And so really what they're doing is they're going slow on their 5G implementation, slower than would probably be the case because there is uncertainty from Ottawa. Um, And what that does is it puts us behind the eight ball. It means that we're not going to get the full 5G deployment uh, on, on the same pace or at the same scale as other countries, which yet again means we are behind our, you know, we're behind the world. Um, and so I think, you know, we need to kind of recognize that um, business operates better when there's certainty uh, and we need to have guidance from Ottawa. And quite frankly, we need better policy decisions that aren't based so much on uh, scoring political points uh, against China, but really recognizing that Canadian security isn't just a one-time issue. Uh, it needs to be a long-term policy direction, and we are absolutely not there yet. Can we go with Huawei if the others aren't? Um, you know, it's interesting because if you look at, you know, Huawei isn't just uh, a company that you buy equipment from or that you buy a, a smartphone from. They also s- supply components to other manufacturers. So if you go, if you walked up to a cell phone tower now with equipment from, say, Nokia or Ericsson, you climbed up the tower. I don't recommend you do this, by the way. But if you climbed up and sort of looked into one of the boxes from one of these supposedly safe providers, you'd realize that a lot of the subcomponents come from Chinese uh, providers, providers, including Huawei. And so for anyone to really say, well, you know, there's, there's no Chinese connection is incredibly disingenuous. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't think it, frankly, at the end of the day, I don't think it makes much of a difference. I don't think it, in, it introduces us to additional risk. Uh, by saying yes to Huawei, uh, I think it's, it has little to do with, uh, with actual online or data security. It has everything to do with, with politics. And I think we need to move beyond that. We need to have telecom policy that puts the right tools in the right hands, allows us to build the best possible networks that allow us to compete. Uh, and we're not there yet, and we're not going to be there yet as long as, as, the, as the feds are playing the kind of political games that we're seeing them play right now. Uh, so you 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 have no problem with Huawei being the backbone of the five G network in Canada? I don't. Um, I don't. I don't have a problem with them being uh, part of it if, in fact, that technology puts Canada at a digital advantage. Uh, any more than if I rip open any of the technology that I'm using today, 
I will find Chinese components that if I really want to get political, I can also find fault with them. The truth of the matter is, if we want to eliminate any presence of Chinese uh, intellectual property in any of our technology that we use day to day, whether on our desks or on our cell phone towers, uh, we will have to go back to living in a cave. We will not be able to use any of the technology today. You won't be able to buy a smartphone. You won't be able to buy a computer. You won't be able to hook it up to a writer. So we literally cannot operate without any kind of Chinese connection, which means the entire... Is that what this is really about, though, Carmi? I mean, obviously, all of this stuff is made in China, so, uh, you know, we can't go there and stop doing that. Um, but but, but uh, from what my understanding is, it's not a case of eliminating anything that's got a made-in-China stamp on it from 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 your tech. It's a case of just letting them in, in limited areas, you know, supplying this, supplying that. That's one thing, but opposed to... Uh, having them as a vital part of the network where they may or could have control? Well, you know, first of all, uh, if you allow your hardware vendor to have that degree of control, you haven't architected a solution properly. Um, so, you know, if I'm a Bell or a Rogers or a Telus and I'm building up my network and I'm concerned about my vendor, um, I structure my contract such that I have the control, not them. And so there are ways to do this to ensure that the vendor doesn't lead, you do. Um, at the same time, and so, you know, again, I think there are better ways to manage this process, and it should be up to not the government to decide who gets to determine the rules, but up to the companies that are bringing these multi-billion dollar investments into the country. Carmi Levy has been with us, tech analyst, talking about a new privacy law proposed by the Canadian government that will have penalties for those that abuse data. Carmi, as always, thanks so much for the time. Be well. Great being here, Scott. You as well. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.